This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV. We hope you enjoy the following presentation. Hello everyone, welcome to Junior Don's The Spark. I'm thrilled you could join us. Today my conversation is with Craig McDonald. He's the director of the Alden B. Dow Home and Studio in Midland, Michigan. Welcome, Craig. I'd like to know something about Alden B. Dow. Oh, there's so much to know about Alden B. Dow. Uh, Alden B. Dow is a man who inspires us still to this day probably best known as an architect, but really wanted to be known as a philosopher. And his gift to us still to this day and into infinity will be that he wanted us to each look at life from our own perspective. He wanted us to define the world around us and wanted us to challenge those definitions to constantly improve the quality of life around us. And didn't he talk about uh, honesty, humility, and enthusiasm? He did. It's a, it's a wonderful self-test, if you will, as a part of his whole life philosophy called A Way of Life Cycle. And that he, he thought everything that we create ourselves, we should put through a test to make sure it's honest. We're influenced by others and inspired by others, as we all should be and hope to be. Yeah. Uh, but we have to make sure it's our own idea. Um, humility is the idea that something can give and take at the same time, a balance, if you will. And enthusiasm was if you've created something that's honest and has enthusiasm, then it will inspire others. They will inspire others to think or to question. And that's how we grow is when we question. So this was applied, I, I never knew that. This was applied after you did something. I think it was applied through the process of creating, but certainly after his family, his daughter Barbara in particular will say, he would say at dinner time sometimes, wow, did that dinner have H, H, and E? Oh, interesting. And, and it's something we still use in working with his family, his children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren uh, great in the foundation. And we, we'll test something with H, H, and E. And that's how the family refers to it is H, H, and E. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, I, um, when I married in, so to speak, that was all new to me. And I was really taken with the combination Honesty seemed, of course, <laughs> um, but humility, mm. especially coming from the East, was just a wonderful thing to hold on to. Don't get too puffed up yeah. about things. Anyway, on to another thing. I think it would be interesting for you to tell us a little bit about what an architect does and um, in the course of designing something. Oh, an architect does so many things. Hopefully, first, an architect is a great listener and that he takes the individuals, individual or individuals that he's working with and listens to what they want and what they need and how they define, whether it's a house or a church or an office building, what's the purpose of the structure? 
and then how will it be used by individuals, especially a home, that we have to know something about Junia if we're designing a house for her because Junia has certain likes and she thrives in, in certain color and certain amounts of space and certain heights and certain textures. And so Mr. Dow was phenomenal at getting to know humans. He so appreciated the individual. And creating a space for you would be very different than creating a space for me. So you have to be a great listener. You have to certainly know your craft and be knowledgeable about design, about uh, engineering to some extent. You can get help from that, uh, for that if you need. Um, but then you also have to know about craftsmanship and quality. And uh, those are the things that have really set him apart, quality in particular, quality uh, certainly in the words that we speak to each other and how we learn, how we listen and how we speak to others. But then quality and appreciation for great craftsmanship and yeah. whether that's wiring and piping and woodwork. So you, you have to be a multitude of things when you're an architect. You're a problem solver, creating houses, in some ways, problem solving. He once said to me it was important to know how to draw. It, he, was, he always leads us to think for ourselves. That's what I really liked about interacting with him and, and learning about others who interacted much more than I ever did with him. Um, that He said, if you have an idea, think about it, write about it, draw about it challenge it from different perspectives and so it can be the best it can be from the onset. But you have to challenge something. Just don't have an idea and say, oh, this is great. Challenge it and get others to help you challenge it. Because then you can only prove that it's great or that it needs some improvement or maybe that's not the right idea. His period of work was like the 30s to the 70s, would you say? That's correct. Certainly the early 30s. He graduated from Columbia in the early 30s. Uh, with a degree in architecture, uh, soon married Veda, the lovely Veda Bennett. And then he went to study with Frank Lloyd Wright. He and Veda were charter members at Taliesin because he wanted to challenge his thinking. He, had, he received a degree, he was waiting to get certified and said, wow, I love the ideas of Frank Lloyd Wright. I love how he's challenging architecture and definitions. And Midland's been great about creating definitions and Mr. Dow would do that throughout his career. And so, um, his career really started when he got back from Midland from Taliesin in 1933 and through the end of his life. How would you, uh, uh, mid-century modern has become uh, uh, in focus and you are a leader in that kind of thing and you have started an organization or refocused, tell us something about that. You know, Midland is such a unique place for so many reasons as I just said. Midland has always been a place that creates definitions. Uh, I hope we never become a city that just follows others because we've been so great at, at leading in science and art and architecture. We have this incredible collection of mid-century structures started by Alden Dow, but then certainly expanded by Red Warner and Jack Hallett and Bob Schwartz and a cadre of others. And so we have a collection that's unparalleled in our, in our country. And it's not just the sheer number, it's the quality. Like, and we're gonna talk about quality a lot today uh, because it certainly is what sets Midland apart and our architecture apart. And so it's this wonderful story that has huge appeal for people, that we, we love the mid-century. If we think of iconic furniture, what's been created since then that we really think of as iconic and it's hard to think of yes. things. The whole mid-century movement was it was just that, it was thinking in a new way, thinking for ourselves, creating new definitions. And using new materials. And new, uh, technology is a huge part of mid-century design. 
And so Midland is the showcase, and Midland, one of its many great assets, is its architecture yes. that could bring people to our city. We can lead people there by showing them this incredible story of art, architecture, technology, and science all blended together. I have a friend whose artist, Michelle Okadona, and she came to visit, uh, I don't know, 20 years ago, and she said, Junior, 100 years from now, people come to Midland because of the collection of homes and other structures. Yeah. It is phenomenal. We don't have to build anything new. We have it there, but I, I want to challenge us to think when we do build something new, because we build new all the time, let's think about what made those buildings great and still makes them great, and let's start putting that back into our architecture. Let's think oh, about I quality that. and form and function and, and looking at how we use a space, not just sheer square footage, which we kind of got caught up with in the right. 80s and 90s, but let's look at how, as Mr. Dow said, a building is much more than a shelter. It can help us grow emotionally and spiritually and physically if we have the right space to thrive in. You know, that's interesting. You know my house is a combination of the Alden wing, the Alden, the original wing, <laughs> and then the transition, and then the basically John and Alden and Ted and myself wing, John Saladino. And I feel different. When I'm in the Ooh. Alden wing, I'm grounded, <laughs> I'm sheltered, <laughs> I'm protected, uh, I'm a linear thinker more, and then I go to the other side and I get more ethereal. Mm. And even though they use the same rectilinear circles, mm -hmm. skylights, it's more than the fit or finish. It's the volumes or the something that changes. So I can say in my own personal life, there's a, there's a, there's a, a chronic dialogue between me and the space, even though I know it well. And I think of whether we go to churches or temples mm. or arts, wherever we go, yeah. know it or not, we're having that, that dialogue, yeah. which you see a lot in New York restaurants. They're oh. very theatrical now, very well, yeah. you know, because that's part of the experience exactly. of, of things. Yeah. So I understand there's a movement throughout America now to feature this, whether it's from the West Coast or, you know, Illinois or something. Are you working as, as part of that? I think that we're always going to be a part of the bigger picture. We're certainly working with Dwell Magazine, which yes. is one of the leading design magazines. Years ago, uh, through a friend of mine, Rebecca Gillette, who gave me my first copy, I, I paged through it and almost every page had something that you have in your home or that we have in our public library, like how influenced Midland was by this movement, but really more so by Mr. Dow saying, wow, look at this great design. I want everyone to experience this. I want this for everybody, not just himself. And then he taught us by using these things, by making them a part of our environments, whether at the public library or the community center or center for the arts or in a home, to recognize beauty. Yes. And to and to and he wanted that for everyone, and was so gracious and kind to do wonderful things like re, you know, furnish the library, or the family built the library and furnished it. And who knew, as a child, I was sitting on uh, Mies van der Rohe Barcelona chairs that was just the chair in the library, or right. sitting on Bertoia furniture, the leading design, like the most exciting yes. things of the day, because he wanted that for everybody. And so we're a part of that movement that continues to appreciate this architecture because it really, if you look at design in reach, if you look at Ikea, look yes. at how all of it's based Permeated. on those, those designs. Yeah, and made better in some ways with new technologies, new materials, right. uh, but those designs are still back to the mid-century. What is the, the um, you've done it now, 
most of your life over there, right? One way or another, whether working Mrs. Dow or the family or, you know, the home and studio or keeping it up, uh, renovating, creating a whole group of people who come through, primarily students, mm -hmm. right? You know, mm -hmm. starting the tours, the home tours, that's one of, what are the satisfactions for you? Oh, the, or the, the growth opportunities? Uh, they've been many. It's been, uh, it, it's very odd in, in our world today to have a job and to have it for so many years. My brother's had like 28 jobs and I've had essentially, I've been in one place, but many right, jobs so. within one place. It's always the um, excitement of a, a young person who will come in and we talk about pretty high level concepts and ideas in architecture and organic architecture and cantilevered roofs. And, and when you see a child who gets it or they'll, be that child who's the divergent thinker and so they think of themselves as odd or different. But yeah. by looking at, by examining Mr. Dow and saying, what do you think people thought of this in its day? And don't you think he was a divergent thinker? Don't you think he may have thought, wow, I'm seeing something different than everybody else and giving them power that the thing they believe that is odd or different about them will one day be their superpower. It will differentiate them in such an you know, exciting way and I think if, if, if children in, in particular walk away from that, then we have done a great job. And I think when, when I see a child get a concept or idea or look at themselves, their posture might change when you talk about it. And so they might be thinking about themselves. We're using Mr. Dow as the catalyst to teach people about their own talents and gifts. So that's the most exciting thing. That is exciting. When you see a, a young person will come in, and, and I love interacting with them, and saying, oh, what did you think when your parents said you're going to go to a historic house today? And they're yeah. kind of like, oh. Yeah. But by the end of the tour, most of those kids don't want to leave because they've been inspired by light, by color, by just exploration of the unknown that you don't know what's coming around the corner. A hidden staircase, that Mr. Dow was playful and joyous, and that he was childlike in that he was always open to listening and, and always open to new ideas. Yes. So that's, that's what gives me inspiration. Or uh, recently we developed uh, a conference for teachers that we've done lots of things for students at all age levels. Yes. And we said, um, Writing programs. what can we do for teachers, the people who are inspiring us? We all can name a teacher right. who inspired us and that we still get great joy from. And so we started a conference. Instead of sending teachers away to a conference, we said, let's create our own conference. Love it. And so that's just been, and that's in honor of Veda, who uh, was What's an educator, a yes, and a, a bachelor's degree from Kalamazoo College. Went on and received a master's from Columbia Teacher School. Taught at Vassar in the Euthenics Institute before coming back to Midland. I didn't know that. And and Mary and Mr. Down was very progressive in her ideas about yes. education <laughs> at the Euthenics Institute. And what so was that? It was a very progressive nursery school. They yeah. wanted to take, it's very much like Mr. Dow's architecture, I think there's so many incredible parallels. They wanted to take a look at the child holistically, right. physically, mentally, looked at their diet, looked at their sleeping patterns, look, looked at the whole being instead of just educating. And looked at the child, how do you learn best? So it was a very holistic approach to education. Different. The 40s architecture were all about the theory, I think, that I'm really asking is that architecture was a way of teaching or allowing people to live a bigger, better, be more beautiful life, that the environment could, mm. like I was talking earlier could, about the house, could affect the actions of the people 
in it. So Veda's approach was just from a different point of view. It was a different point of view, but it was, again, so many great parallels with Alden's look at how we grow. The yes. impact of our youth in particular and what we're exposed to, the words we hear around us. Um, you know, I read a book many years ago about picking your profession based on the vocabulary you hear around you every day. That you could be mm. an assistant, but in a, being an assistant in a prison versus a funeral home versus a nursery school, what did you want to surround yourself with? Because whether we realize it, just like the building, the words that we hear all day have an impact on us. Interesting. I'm going to ponder. I actually think you learn at every age. I'm. Hopefully. I, I, <laughs> well, yes, that's how I entertain myself. What did I learn today, right, or teach today, depending on, on what I think about things. But you've taken up school again, haven't you? I have. I, a couple of years ago, I thought, maybe I'm not growing in all the ways that I could. I love challenging myself at the home and studio with new ideas, and we have a phenomenal staff and great volunteers who are bringing ideas and helping us um, every day. But I thought, am I growing in the right ways? And I thought, what could I do to really challenge my thinking, to keep the gears running? And I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to school. A great passion of mine early on um, was psychology, and that's what my degree is in from Western Michigan. And, and so I thought, you know, I'm going to go back. And I want to get a, a degree, a master's degree in professional counseling. Um, I, I love learning about people. Um, much like you're talking about in redesigning your show, is let's, let's get some great dialogue going again. Let's empower people. Let's teach them about their innate talents and gifts. Uh, we're all put into an environment that may not be the environment that we're going to thrive in. So it's okay to say, wait a minute, I want to change my environment. I want to change the world around me so that I can thrive. And that, that's to help people do that, to give them permission and to be a helper to help someone realize their potential so they can build their skills and have a happier life. It's just, it's a pleasure, it's a joy, a great privilege. It's an honor. Yeah, without question. Yeah, and so, and so it's so much fun to learn about people and uh, we usually stop ourselves. Uh, a lot of people around us don't stop us once in a while, but it's usually our own thought about ourselves that stops us. So if we can hmm. people, get people to challenge their thinking so that they can be healthier, happier humans, then that's, that's a, a great privilege. I have some thoughts on that. Yep. I don't believe in the victim philosophy. Okay. <laughs> I believe life happens. Okay. <laughs> and you just gotta start, you know, with that. Are we and talking about existentialism? <laughs> <laughs> and um, because it gives you options. The minute you're a victim, it's somebody else running you. That is very when, true. When you're, you're just saying, okay, I had this happen, I had that happen, this happened, that happened. Oh, what can I learn from this? Yeah. And now what? You know, I think that's free. Now, I didn't start that way. Earlier <laughs> in my life, I went through that, and I thought, what a waste of time that was, you yeah. know, and waste of energy, yeah. really. But the idea that you can help, I'm, I'm really, I want this program to have a sense of conveying a meaningful life. Mm and the people find it and live it differently. But if they can come to that, I mean, you need health and you need relationships, you need a little money and you need, you know, a routine. But after that and with yeah. that, if you can help them, even in the moment, Without you know, question. of smiling or a helping hand or whatever, your life got better. 
And there's a, I can't go to secret, but it's, um, it's just something, and I don't know if they teach you that. Partly, I'm trying to say, if they're not teaching you, let me add a course <laughs> to your curriculum here. Because if you can do it for others, they can mm. do it. And you know, the whole, everything gets better yeah. for people, because life can really be hard, 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 yeah. and show you really bad, bad <laughs> the nature of people, and this is not good. I agree. So and Sometimes it's easier to help somebody else rather than yourself. It's easier to, to help someone define something and work through something. Again, I think we get these definitions of ourselves very early on, and the mm. roadblocks. I think that whether you're you know, smart enough, or handsome enough, or athletic enough, um, you can change your definition. And I think that's, we need to teach people it's okay to challenge your current definition of self. And that I think there are, are folks who do it or who want to say, I wanna stretch my life, I wanna stretch my vision. No matter what age you are, you can stretch your vision and see things from a different perspective. I, I love the idea of trying to look at life through different lenses. That's why I love filmmakers so much. And Mr. Dow is a great filmmaker. Yes. He's a phenomenal storyteller on film and had great technique. And so it's always great to say, okay, I want to take my lens off and go to, through somebody else's lens. What can that teach me? How can I broaden my vision? And I think it's a skill to learn um, or to recognize that you can live on many sides of who you are, how you are. I mean, going back to our house, to my house, when I'm in the Alden Wing, mm -hmm. I feel I'm more of a sequential thinker <laughs> with male. You know, when I go to the newer part, I'm a little bit more um, free thinking. Right. I don't mean it's free thinking, ethereal. Yeah. And I draw f different things sure. in different space. Now I can do both, but I do right. it better in the ways I'm saying to you. Sure. And I just wondered if music doesn't do that for certain oh. people or as well as architecture. So learning to work with yourself, I'd be interested if you'd say a few words on how do you change that early self-image? What are you learning? What have you learned from your own life? Mm. I, I think when we're, you know, we're born into a family, we're born into a system, a school system, a family system, a religious system. And I think early on we're taught not to challenge in some ways because it's disrespectful. Right. But I think that, that we know through living a long time that there's a way to challenge in a respectful way. Right. I remember my father saying, um, oh, you just want something better. And I said, you know, I don't know if I want something better. I want something different. Yes. I want to know what my choices are. Yes. And I want, I may not need the same things in life that you needed or yes. just different. So why does different have to be bad? Yes. And I think to, to teach our young people, it's okay to question. I think that's essential because that relates to themselves. It relates to the world around them and, and to question in a respectful way. There's a, a right and wrong way to ask something. Well, question what exactly? I, I question the actions of people, question the words that we're hearing, question the design of something because we can learn from it. You know, Mr. Dow, when you would ask Mr. Dow a question, he would ask you a question back. He wanted you to define it, not, you know, you say, oh, what did you think of when you were doing this? Or you could ask him a question, but he wanted to put it back on you. He wanted you to put thought into it. How do you see it? What, well, how do you interpret the space? I can tell you how I interpret it, but how is it impacting you? What do you see? Because it's probably very different than what I see. So if we can teach our young people, it's okay to question. 
then a sense of self can be questioned, like, well, was that really what I want? Am I, am I the definition that my family gave me that I fit into in this unit? Or can I say, wow, like when I was young, I wasn't horribly athletic. I swam and played tennis, and my brother was the baseball player, so he was the athlete. But as an older person, uh, you know, when I get in my 20s and 30s, I said, I want to do a triathlon, and I want to swim competitively, and I want to do this. Um, and so, like, wow, now I'm kind of the athlete of the family, <laughs> which I certainly wasn't back then. Like, I, I can do it. Yeah, I can do what I want. I can redefine myself. Interesting. So question really means search, too. I think it, it does, and I think we don't give people permission. Somehow we've created a culture that if we question something, we're seen as negative. Like if someone's, someone's designing something, let's say, and you ask a question, well, tell me, you know, why did you do that? Why are you using that material? Well, why? And I'm like, wow, if, if I'm creating something and someone questions me, number one, I should be thankful. Yeah, they and they're paying interest, attention. They're paying attention. <laughs> and that they, they could ask me a question of something I haven't thought of. It's like, you know, the scientists and the artists have to work more together because we can challenge, we see things differently and we can challenge it from different perspectives, which will only make it better. Let's not be afraid of someone asking us a question or challenging an idea. Let's be open to it. Thank you. So, we've learned a lot of wonderful things here and they all weave together. One is, just starting with the last, is to challenge. But it isn't to challenge mean to negate, it's to expand, to search. And Craig was very lucky by nature, but also that he ran into Mr. Dow and Mrs. Dow early on, because from them he learned or that it was okay to be bigger, bigger in intellect, bigger in interest, bigger than. And Alden, Alden B. Dow's thing about honesty, humility, and enthusiasm, while it informs family life, is really a good matrix, as it were to check your own thing, you know, as, as you go through whatever you do. And I would also add laughter. I really feel laughter leads. If you can find the funny in something, it's energizing. So that's just a junior a set aside. But the idea that you can challenge what you've been told to be or challenge who you are or find it bigger or try different things. And certainly Alden did in the course of his career. Certainly Vader did in the course of her life. And that's what I give to you today. You can have passion and you can choose change. It's in within you to live that. So see you next time. And remember, find the spark in yourself and others. And thank you for tuning in. And thank you, my dear friend, for you. doing Very this. Very fun. To contact Junia, send her an email at juniadonesthespark at gmail.com. For more information, program schedules, and news about future guests, go to www.juniadonethespark.com. Thank you for joining us. See you next time on Junia Dones the Spark. This program is presented by a community producer through Midland Community Television. The City of Midland and MCTV are not responsible for the content of the program. The views presented do not necessarily represent those of the City of Midland or MCTV. If you would like to produce your own program, 
Contact MCTV at 837-3474 or access our website, cityofmidlandmi.gov slash MCTV.